0: Literally vomiting. Puke and Rally
1: takes on a much different (laughs) connotation with with that understanding. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Standing Stone podcast. If you've been following along with the last few episodes, uh, you will have heard that I have done a few interviews with Jessica, Kayleen, and Bob kind of showing the progression of you want to be a dog trainer, you want to own your own business and then you want to own a dog kennel. So Ethan and I thought we'd take it to a new level tonight and kind of talk about a combination of those things as well as if you work with your spouse, um what you can expect or things that you might have to overcome. And uh, he is already pouring himself a drink. So, if that gives you guys any indication about how this episode might go, but he is not alone. I'm also going to be cracking a beer tonight. Haha,
0: mm. I'm here.
1: <laughs> and what are you drinking tonight, babe?
0: Uh, it's uh, Willet it Rye. Uh, a, a thank you gift from. Uh, Robert, who came out and trained here just this last week, and it's totally unnecessary, but not turned down. <laughs> nah. <laughs> and I thought none other. If we're going to have a conversation about working with your spouse, I assumed that drinking had to be involved with this specific conversation because,
1: nah. But if it is your guys' first time tuning into our podcast, please check it out. We do have it on our YouTube channel, as well as we have it on all of the pod catchers that you can listen to it. We also have our Instagram channel, Facebook channel pages. I guess those are pages, aren't they? All these social media things just get me all confused. We're on the social medias. We're on those social medias as well as we have an online dog training community on Patreon, so if you need help training your dog, check us out there. We can answer your questions, guide you through training, review videos of your training sessions, um, and even customize a training program plan for you with weekly check-ins to make sure that you're on the right track.
0: Exactly, just updated all of this so that it is better for you all. Um, We have... A eh, lots of lots of people ask, like, hey, we, we appreciate all you do. How do we say thank you? Or or what is the best thing that we can do with that? And there are a couple of different small things that standingstonesupply.com is our online dog training supply company. And you can, um, you can purchase through there, which is a huge support of us as a whole, as well as everything that we we want, it also doubles as a benefit for you. You need the gear, but then you're supporting us and we appreciate it. Um the other side of it is we do have a, essentially tip jar via Patreon, which is just uh, $5 a month, so. Thanks for can, creating
1: the content.
0: Yeah, if it's some, and you can even do a, a, an annual subscription that then saves you a percentage off of that. I think it ends up being like $54 for a year worth of support. Um, but then you move up into tiers that actually benefit you. Uh, $35 a month gets you video exchange. You ask questions, you know, simple things from uh, should I be doing this or is this normal or- Or
1: what kind of dog food do you guys feed? Yeah,
0: a- any questions that pop into your mind. And then um, as things advance, you can actually send videos, just a simple process, film it on your phone, throw it up on YouTube, copy the link into the message service and say, hey, this was my training session. What do you think? Send, um, I, I, we go through those every single day. Typically, it's me, but every once in a while, you get lucky and Kat will answer, and then you get real answers without typos. So (laughs) there are advantages. Um, And then the next tier up, Kat mentioned briefly, and I want to say this is really, really cool. It's something that we've switched up for folks. Um,
1: It's super powerful.
0: 100% custom training programs. Now, if you know anything about how our YouTube channel works, we have full playlists, okay? Complete, entire, full playlists. That show you from eight weeks to 12 months on how to do everything. But there are some gaps and there are going to be some places where your dog doesn't necessarily 100% follow what is happening, right? Or
1: you may just not know if you're ready to move on to the next step.
0: Exactly. So what we do is we set up either weekly or bi-weekly calls, the video chat that I can either be part of the difficult advancements in training, or we just sit down and talk through things and you get a 30 minute window of cat or I going over exactly where you're at, what you're doing, right? What you need to change and then specifics that you need to be working on and tell our next chat as well as in between. If you have questions, you just shoot a quick message over and uh, it's really, really cool. That is $200 per month, which is if you're going to be training your dog, it's an invaluable tool. Um, that's still a, a huge savings over actually sending your dog off for training.
1: Yeah, so we have all of these great ways to connect with us. Um, so,
0: Patreon.
1: So please check us out on one of those media content creation Ooh. areas. Is it hot? Mm,
0: it's tasty. No, it's not. It's not overly, um, it's a rye, so it's kind of cut that like,
1: but uh, it's good. All of them have that to me because I'm not a bourbon fan. But I am drinking a, um, I have a second one just in case this Mm. conversation gets long. Um, (laughs) I'm drinking a Bud Light Next. These things are so cool and refreshing and crisp. Um, I think I've turned a few people on to them because I really like the fact that they have zero carbs, they're low in calories, and they're still a nice little alcoholic beverage to enjoy once in a while. So tonight, we want to talk about kind of the culmination of those three most recent podcasts that we did, um, that I did. Um, I interviewed Jessica, one of our head trainers, to talk about what her journey looked like to become a dog trainer. And then I also interviewed Kayleen, and we talked about um, how successful she is with running multiple businesses and what that takes to truly do that. And then I talked with Bob from Lone Duck Outfitters and Kennels, and we discussed what it takes and how he went from um, getting out of college to dog training um, and running his own kennel and kind of the similarities between how he went about his process and how we went about our process. And tonight we want to kind of break that down a little bit, talk about our stories, our experience a little bit more on how we got involved with dog training how it became a business for ourselves, what some of those um, hurdles we had to overcome were and how we did it while staying married for how many years, hun? Come on, come on. Uh, Trick question. uh,
0: uh, Math, 13?
1: Yeah, it'll be 14 years this year. In August. In August, so pretty awesome. Um, So we'll talk a little bit about how we managed that throughout this podcast.
0: So you said, we're gonna talk about how we got into training dogs and everything We've already done that.
1: Well, yeah, so we can talk briefly though, a little quick recap. We got into training dogs by working at another facility and gaining a lot of experience. It wasn't just um, trained one or two dogs and started standing stone kennels. Um, and not everybody knows that, um, even if they follow along with us, but if they just happen to pop in, On this specific episode, I wanted to just glance over a little bit of that information.
0: you know what I want to do? I want to say, if you are just tuning into this one, go back and listen to the one that we talked about everything that we have done in the beginning of building. But what we need to specifically talk about is what-
1: This is why we should have had an outline, because apparently I'm trying to talk about things that you don't want to talk about. Oh,
0: we didn't need no dang outline. Come on now. I like organization. Uh Outlines. (laughs) So, um, the things though are when we talked about, you know, kind of those paths, they're really good podcasts and you need to go back and listen to, um, the one that I honestly liked the most was with Jessica. And, uh, have you ever heard that where it's like, um, if you don't want to have to continue doing something, do a poor job, like. You, the, the, joking, the joking manner, right? Where it's oh, like, yeah. I, did a hor- I, I do a horrible job folding laundry or I always, anytime my wife asks me to do the, and this isn't me, I'm happy to help. um Anytime my wife asks me to do the laundry, I always screw it up and put the reds with the whites and everything so that I never get asked to do it again. Well, uh, Jessica did not do that, okay? She did an absolutely fantastic job and I told her that once a month now, she gets to pick a topic that we include either um, and she can pick either cat or I, and I'm guessing that I will get voted out of the island most of the time, but um, she gets to do a topic a month. So it's good. It's really good.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was a really great conversation with her and she is a huge part of our team. So definitely including her more on these podcasts and in some of the upcoming videos and things like that is something that she probably doesn't necessarily look forward to, but it'll be really great for her growth and development.
0: hundred percent. hundred percent. So I think the biggest thing that we need to be discussing here is the working with your spouse category because I think that this is actually one of those things that's um uh, it, it pops up in a couple different places but most of the different most of the different couples that we've talked to don't really they have like small parts but they're not 100% both fully invested. It's just they don't have the the luxury of working full-time with their spouse.
1: Yeah, look, looking at it that way, babe, That'll that's a good thing. Uh, so yes, I definitely think talking about working with your spouse, your partner, um, is what this episode is primarily going to be about. And that's one thing when I talk with Bob, um he talked about getting started on his own with his own business his own kennel you know it's a lot of work guys um it's a 24/7 365 even if you're feeling like crap you're out there taking care of dogs training feeding walking that sort of thing there is no off days um when you're you're solo and luckily Ethan and I have been doing this together from the very beginning so we have each other as support um if He's sick and I'm not, which that doesn't happen very often because usually, you know, I mean, he is my spouse and we pretty much do share everything. So that includes germs. And so we do usually get sick together, but we're still able to help each other out. I remember one time when we were um, back in Norton, before we had any kennel help, anybody at all working for us, we were both so sick. We got the flu. Yeah, the worst flu. I had
0: dogs scheduled to run tests that coming weekend or the next week, like one, we're less than two weeks out. And I think that weekend, I mean, I think that's what the deal was. It was like, we're trying to do some final prep stuff and you had to take care of the dogs either way. Right. But yeah, um, you're
1: out in the field, planting birds and running a brace and coming back and sitting in the truck after puking going, oh my gosh, I need just like. A fifteen minute nap before I can go out for the next round of dogs.
0: Yes, i, I literally vomiting. Puke and rally
1: those. takes on a much different, it's horrible <laughs> connotation with with that understanding. It
0: was horrible. the The interesting thing about it, though, um, talking with each one of the conversations that you had between business ownership and becoming a dog trainer and running the dog kennel and all of those, I mean, there's a pretty a pretty nasty grind that is involved in the beginning stages of starting a business. Um, it's a lot of times businesses uh, business is referred to as it's my baby, right? It's the, it's, it's my baby. Well, that's, it's got a very accurate understanding because the beginning stages of, of bringing home a new baby is, is a grind. I mean, you don't sleep. It's constant.
1: You're learning.
0: Yeah. You're learning kind of as you go, no matter what you thought you learned or what you thought you knew.
1: As prepared as you thought you were, you're still not fully prepared. And there's stress and sleepless nights and exhaustion and- And
0: the fact of uh, it essentially consuming you. And it's the way that it does me specifically. And I can remember having, like, looking at bills and going, uh what can i sell like i I maybe i can trade my truck out and get a cheaper truck or you know i i don't know I, at that point it was like and it's not like i had a, a fancy schmancy new pickup truck but it was like maybe i can dumb this down a little bit and see what can we where can we cut corners where can we or shave trim the fat whatever um to be able to to make it through this time period and Oh yeah, so there were stressed. times
1: that we'd have to buy birds for training and we're looking at this bird bill going, "Oh my gosh. Well, groceries are going to get pretty skimmed down to the non-essentials um to be able to pay for birds or to be able to, you know, buy the propane to heat the kennel." I mean, it was it was a month to month type of living experience for a while there.
0: 100%. And the Uh, Because we put
1: everything that we had into the kennel, like all of our savings, all of everything, Uh you know, and it included a move. So you've got the addition of moving expenses on top of everything. And it was definitely um, pretty tight for quite a while. And I know that that was one thing Bob talked about at the end is, you know, you want your... Expenses low and your revenue high. Well, you even as much as you try and you budget and you plan, you you know, there's just certain things that you can't do without when you're training dogs. And that includes, you know, the equipment. So bird launchers, e-collars, and then birds and dog food, you know, all of that stuff is required and proper shelter to care for these dogs. So all of those things are necessary. And no, you don't need the fancy schmancy trailer right off the bat. Um, but you need functioning working equipment.
0: Yeah, and I mean we had a few, we had a few good things starting off, and um, we had a good relationship with DT Systems, and they started off as pro staffers, and we got a, um, I think at the time it was a three thousand dollar product credit, which um, allowed
1: us to get those e collars. Yeah, and it was allowed us to get some bumpers and bird launchers, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and that and was very beneficial. Um, but at the same time, you were talking about birds and bird bills and getting birds, and I remember our bird pens got broken out of or into or something. Or something happened where we just got a batch of birds, and it was like 200 birds, which you know is like the door blew open. Some, well, but and it why was, did it? It just didn't get latched. It something. didn't
1: get latched, or the latch broke, and it blew open. And we came back to the house. And I was and like, the And Oh, kennel.
0: there's a bird in the yard. Oh, oh there's, there's another, another bird. Oh. There's an, oh Oh my gosh.
1: It was like all (laughs) of the birds were out of the bird pen and we had just bought, you know, like $1,500 worth of birds.
0: Yeah. 200 probably. So we used to buy like 200 chucker at a time and it was, uh, I mean, they were roughly 10 bucks. So So almost,
1: yeah. And we were running around trying to catch these birds with nets and we ended up building a catch pen that night.
0: Yes, and then it snowed, and it
1: snowed, and that was the luckiest thing that could have happened because we had food in the catch pen, and all the chucker were like, "Feed me, feed me, yeah." But I do also remember this is kind of a funny story. The catch pen that we built was out of hog panels, uh-huh. chicken wire, and um, like sunscreening, like tarp, like kind of like that windscreen, yeah,
0: green windscreen,
1: and and then we had a funnel that the birds went in and they couldn't come out. Well, then we're like. So we've got all these chucker caught in here. How are we going to get them out? So we lifted up the edge and cats scurried underneath the edge and just started Bagged up as bagging many as she could. And then snuck the bag out the edge and then rinse and repeat. Uh, yeah. We had some crazy initial experiences for sure. And
0: all of them involved us though. I mean, it was 100% you and me for... A very long time, years,
1: and and even when we did get a little bit of help here and there, which was great, um, it allowed us to have a little bit of time off. Um, we were still the, right there, living on the property, even like we do now. Um, and I don't think I'd like it any other way. I like to be here, so if I need to run out to the kennel quickly to check on something, um, it's it's a quick you know dash across the front yard. But um, we would we would get into fights. About who was letting dogs out last thing at night or first thing in the morning. Most of the time it was both of us first thing in the morning because it just rolled right into training. But, you know, 6 a.m. getting dogs let out or earlier during the summer and then getting rolling with training and then having to let them back out at 10 (laughs) o'clock at night.
0: We don't have a lot of friends that have lasted the, the, the whole length of time. The whole length of, yeah. (laughs) I don't I don't we don't or have remember.
1: known us the entire time. Like I don't want to necessarily say go. lasted, but we've got new friends that have only known us since we've been in, you know, the area we're at now and so they don't recognize and see, you mm-hmm. know, the past and Mm-mm. Peter would be one of those friends. Yeah, he
0: jokes by saying he's like, "I can remember the, the we'd be over hanging out in the fights of you no, know, you
1: go the dogs out. I did it this morning. You go let the dogs out. No, it's your turn. I let them out last time.
0: I mean, there's stress involved with it.
1: And you're just exhausted every, couple every once it. in a while.
0: Every once in a while. Goodness. I People thought I was, uh, isn't narcoleptic, right? You just fall asleep everywhere. Literally, if I stopped moving, I fell asleep. And I I mean, for five years, I didn't make it through a, a movie. Yeah. We go to the movie theater. We go to, I'm like, this is a great nap. Five, 10 minutes in.
1: Yeah, we had friends that, you know, it would come over for a movie or we'd go over for a movie. and Literally, if I fall stopped asleep. moving,
0: I fell asleep.
1: Yeah, um, because that was kind of the grind of, you know, 24-7, 365, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. all the time. And uh-huh. um, like I was talking with Kayleen about in our episode on starting your own business, yeah. um, you can do that for a certain amount of time. And everybody's different on what that amount of time is um but eventually something's going to break um and that's either going to be you and your health and your body your marriage um luckily
0: for us it wasn't the marriage
1: or, or really anything but we did recognize <laughs> that that was approaching and we were like we need to do something to change like you know if you keep seeing a pattern happening uh, and your you say
0: didn't break i mean it- you're probably being polite because you didn't know if you, if I would want to say it or not. But I mean, I had some legitimate uh mental breakdowns. I, it was like just stressed to the max. And you know, then you, you pile on a bad day of training where, and it's dogs being dogs and situations being situations, but it's like one of those days that just everything goes wrong. And I'm like, just, just start crying. You know, I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing here anymore. And it's not a matter of not wanting to do it. It's not a matter of liking doing it. It's just the breaking point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't have to be after a set certain amount of time that that happens. It can, no. it just gets there. Like when we first started out, it there was a lot of doubts for, for me at least of whether we could or couldn't do this. Um, you know, we moved away from where we'd been living Um, We were closer to your family, but we moved into a old farmhouse, which was fine, but it didn't have air conditioning in the middle of the summer. It got to like 115 degrees in the house.
0: Happened to be like record heat for. Of course, that's always how it
1: works. But we would sleep in the basement because it was cooler on a futon mattress where it got down to 90 degrees overnight.
0: Yeah. I mean, we got really lucky though, in the sense of, um, having the, the house, the property, the opportunity, it was something that, you know, we're fortunate enough. My uncle was able to purchase the property and he fixed up the the farmhouse and, um, we rented from him, you know, I mean, without that, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to make the move. We wouldn't be able to do it. And it was, uh, awesome, but it still wasn't ideal. You know, I mean,
1: yeah, and and then the well went out. Yeah, right after we moved, so there yeah. it sucked up a whole bunch of sand into all of our appliances. So we didn't have running water for a little bit. We had well water out at the pump, but in the house we didn't have showers. We didn't have a dishwasher, which Not I mean, it, you know, fancy. We had a dishwasher, but it wasn't working. Clothes yeah, machines weren't sand
0: water. like the, the so, um, basically submersible pumps get dropped down in wells. I don't know. Some people may know, some people may not, and I may explain this incorrectly, but they do have uh, screens or you know filters basically to prevent this kind of stuff from happening. But um, either the pump wasn't set right or old, old, or some, some, something, something. Anyhow, sucked a bunch of sand up in it and then pumped that through the whole house. Which you can imagine what sand on the backside of a uh, everything does. Right, it's bad. It's yeah, so
1: water wasn't working and you know i'm sweating just sitting in the house can't take a shower you know you're just at this point where you're like what are we doing is this the right move was this the right decision and you've got a lot of doubts and you know we we ended up getting air conditioning and we got the well fixed i think we got a new we had a new well drilled actually
0: no no just a new uh, it was already there.
1: But we hadn't hooked that yeah, new well Yeah,
0: so up. they just hooked up that. The other well had silted in or gone bad or something. That's what it was. You're right.
1: And so got all of that hooked up and figured out. And man, I will tell you what air conditioning and a shower does. It makes life <laughs> amazing. And it was it was funny. So this is kind of a funny story, and a few people know this. So during this process of, like, no air conditioning, no shower, really hot, um, sweating, like literally walking around the house naked, pretty much. Like, you don't want clothes on. And you sit down on a stool like this, you would be stuck to it with the sweat. And <laughs> it was so disgusting. Um, and anybody that I would tell that to, they're like, Ooh, Ethan, lucky guy. And I was like, If he would have mm-hmm. touched it me, was, I would have no. probably murdered him. I looked him. at you. <laughs> I was like, the Don't room. even think it. Because <laughs> it, was, it was that uncomfortable, super hot, sweaty, miserable um, feeling that you were like, Yeah. Don't add to that.
0: <laughs> What'd you say? It was like a hundred and something in the house.
1: 115. I have a picture of it on my phone. Cause I was like, this is, this is insanity, but 115 in the house at times.
0: Yeah. So, um, and- the
1: dogs were much cooler because they were outside with misters in the shade.
0: Yeah. We just move in with the dogs at that point in time.
1: We probably could have, but, um,
0: you know, I can, I can ultimately say uh, my hat's off to the, the one man shows. Um, in all of the, the troubles and all of the growth and all of the things, uh, I had cat, you know, I mean, and it was, there was as much times that we got frustrated and tired and grumpy with each other. And, um, you know, our relationship we have a slightly different relationship build from most people in most situations. So uh, we started uh, a long term relationship was kind of the start. We long met distance. Long distance. Yeah, long term, long distance. The same thing. How many have you had? Well, five sips. So, um the long distance relationship. We met, uh, knew each other over a couple different summer type of things and then started dating. Um long distance. And so what that gives you the ability to do is really get to know the person because there is no physical aspect of the relationship at that point. You're just talking and talking.
1: Talking and
0: talking and talking and talking. And, talking. and that's you know, back mean, when
1: that's back when Verizon and Sprint phones didn't get along.
0: Yeah, that's kind of a fun one. So I had my own cell phone in high school is when we were dating. And I paid my cell phone bill. My parents were like, Yeah, you can have a cell phone if you want to pay for it. Right. So my Adeline was, I think, 10 or 15 bucks a month, which wasn't a big deal. And it included a certain number of minutes and whatever. Well, yeah. Uh, overage charges from all of the talking and talking. What was
1: I think it was like a $300 phone bill the first month.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talk about that's like a month's worth of work. <laughs> uh, working at the gas station in the grocery store in the morning. So
1: we had Ooh, to, we had to figure expensive. something I out. I learned
0: that real quick. Women are expensive.
1: <laughs> well, at least you learned it early, but so we had to figure something else out because there was no way that we could afford that type of cell phone bill every month. Um, and it wasn't like we could limit our conversations to nights and weekends or whatever, because we both worked. And when we worked was usually in the evenings and at night. And by the time that was over, it was like, okay, time for bed and then school and stuff. So um, I send
0: messenger. Baby.
1: Yeah. I was like, I'm going to bring this up. And he, his mom is probably going to think that, cause I'm a little bit older than him. Chat
0: rooms. Yeah.
1: She's Ooh. probably going to think that I'm some, you know, like dirty college student trying to take advantage of this young, Impressionable-
0: With video, that's right, yeah, was video chat. I had a webcam.
1: Senior in high school. And yeah, so I was like, we could get webcams to talk to each other. If you're okay with that, you know, like testing the <laughs> waters. I mean, this is only two months into dating, right? Basically, because our first month was an- ex- painful cell phone bill. And then I was like, uh-huh. this is going to come off really forward, but we should get webcams. And then we did. And we ended up uh-huh. talking a ton, chatting a ton. Um, I learned how to play Sudoku because that, Sudoku was, master. that was like one of the things that you could do on MSN Messenger at the time is mm-hmm. you could play like Sudoku games and other games together. So we talked a lot in that first year before you were able to move up and go to college with me. And we talked on so many different levels that most people in relationships, I don't really feel like gain or get to that point that quickly Um, because that's all we had to really do a few, you know, visits here and there throughout that year, but mostly it was conversation.
0: Yeah. And that, uh, you know, laid the foundation for a drastically stronger relationship than may have existed without. And
1: because it built on communication and I feel like communication is, The number one thing that you have to have in a relationship, whether that's a business relationship, a marriage, a friendship, all of that is open, honest communication. Because Sometimes
0: the truth hurts.
1: Sometimes the truth hurts. Um, But keeping things bottled up inside or not expressing yourself or thinking the other person can just magically read your mind. um, Those things don't work. (laughs) And that's when... um, that's when the biggest problems happen is when you assume somebody understands you without speaking your mind. Um,
0: Did I ever tell you about the time that I met the clairvoyant in a bar? No. <laughs> it's a dirty joke. I'll tell it later sometime. <laughs> okay.
1: I'll write that one down and remind myself to ask you about that one.
0: Uh, you don't want to hear it. So, um, <laughs> but anyhow, so we have a, a strong relationship, which withstood the tests of trying to run a business together. And, um, still to this day, people are like, I don't know how y'all do it. And, um, you know, honestly, we don't have a very, we don't have a very a cut and dry version of what is what for each person and parts of the business aspect of things. We kind of gravitate to things and, We've been around and with each other for coming on 14 years. So we know each other pretty well and we do have strengths and we do have weaknesses and those uh, strengths and weaknesses kind of pull us in the direction of those specific aspects of the business. So um, things get divided pretty heavily at this point point. Uh, and it's totally different than in the beginning. Um, because we do have help now. We have really good help. And without the really good help, we wouldn't be able to do any of the things that we're doing outside of running the kennel itself.
1: Yeah, the content creation really just wouldn't be there. I mean, uh, we tried. Events. I, mean, I mean, we tried to do some of that content creation right in the beginning. Yeah, um, we technically
0: started a YouTube channel 11 years ago. I think 12, 11 or 12 years ago.
1: Well, we've only been in business for 10 years in June. So 10 years ago, probably, honey. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, uh, I, okay. Ten years, ten years ago.
1: Yeah. And Sure. Well, because that's how old Nick's is, right? Okay. Any Not
0: arguing. Strengths.
1: I'm right. In uh, this situation. Sure. Anyway, uh, we digress about keeping track of who's right and who's wrong. But we did start a little bit of content creation with the original trained retrieve series, and it's funny. You go back and watch some of those. It's one of those like cringy reaction videos. The content is good. Don't get me wrong, but the sideburns are terrible, and you were so nervous in some of those videos. It's, it's oh yeah.
0: So I mean, nervous about the uh, content, the internet, yeah, because it's semi-controversial, right? We show the use of pressure uh, in training and. We even had like a disclaimer at the beginning, like this video may use negative reinforcement training to teach dogs if you don't want to watch this. If you're this. uncomfortable, please, yeah, don't please don't watch. please don't watch. Don't put negative comments on my video.
1: Yep. And so that was some of the first content we put out.
0: Super unnatural. Like if you listen to me now, I, I, I haven't changed personally in the way that I communicate and uh, that aspect of things in real life.
1: But you put a camera in front of us. Back in the day?
0: Yeah, this is a drastically more real version. So if you were to come have a conversation with me, it's going to look very similar to this. You know, I'm going to talk to you about this and we're going to be doing this. And I talk with my hands and then sometimes my hands attack each other. No, but they... Um, and I can still make her laugh. Boom! Um, but in those beginning stages, like, so in this part of... The session, we're going to be introducing the bumper. It's so bad.
1: But the content and the information is still good. Um, but we did start a little bit of content creation, which I was editing those videos on iMovie on the computer. <laughs> and um, we did have some videos up, but very. Pretty much that and then nothing else after that because we couldn't keep up with it. I mean, it's just, you can't wear that many hats and get it all done. And so it kind of fell by the wayside. I wish we could have kept creating content um, back 10 years ago and look where our YouTube channel could be then, but um, we just couldn't. I mean, you have to prioritize, you have to pick and choose what you put the time, effort and energy into because you can only spread yourself so thin. Otherwise, something else starts falling off the back burner and doesn't get the attention that it needs and deserves. So um, we we do have <clears throat> natural, you know, tendencies to go towards one thing or the other. I'm super organized. So I keep track of all of the really important organizational things like the calendar so that appointments and stuff don't get missed. I'm like, Ethan, 100%. is that on the calendar? He's like, uh, type, 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 type. Yes, it is now, you know? So Uh it's, um, I'm really good at keeping things organized like our puppy deposit list, our training list of, you know, who's got deposits down, when their dogs are coming in, coordinating drop off dates, send home dates so that we are maintaining the number of dogs that we need in the kennel, but not being overly full or short on dogs. Um, And
0: when I, um, when we started specifically, I trained, most of the dogs you helped with stuff. There wasn't very many dogs that you took on 100%. They had slightly more experience and whatever else in that, at that point in time. And
1: I um, would do more of like an assisting role, like resetting launchers and making uh-huh. sure like blank pistols were loaded and ready for the next round, getting collars on dogs, and then doing some of the obedient stuff, like helping with collar conditioning for recall and some of that.
0: But it kept everything in my head. Everything. And the number one thing that I recommend to people and most people recommend that are animal trainers in general is to journal and to keep track of that stuff. And, um, I have a decent memory when I'm working through something like that, like the ability to keep those kind of things straight. But what I don't have is the recall aspect of it to go back to. So now we utilize a new note taking system, especially for, um, our employees. And I, I mean, I utilize it now too, just to continue moving forward with that, but it's, um, we archive all of the dogs and they can go back and look like, okay, well you did this and this and this and this and this last time. So we should be able to have some reasonable expectation if you come back in for training that with a little bit of, Hey, remember, you know how to do this, that we can move forward.
1: And um, it is a really valuable, um, software tool to be able to keep track of Training goals for all the dogs. We keep track of, you know, heat cycles, weight, uh, um, you know, gain or loss. Uh, We keep track of monthly medications, things like that. If a dog had to go to the vet, all of that information is recorded. And yes, then after the dog leaves training, we archive it. But that's always accessible to unarchive it, look back. So if a client has a question about, well, when did my dog come into heat while they were there? Well, I don't have that locked in to my brain. I'm pretty organized, but not that organized. Um, so I can look that back up for them and say, oh, it was this date. Or we have clients that say, you know, I want to send my dog back, you know, in the spring after hunting season is over to tune up anything that they were a little sloppy on, um, or say, hey, I, you know, we completed training, we went and and hunted and it was awesome, but I'm going to want a fall tune up, you know, so can I send them back in for 60 days of fall tune up training and for clients that have already sent their dogs to us? Absolutely. Um, we'd be happy to work with them, tune them up, get them on birds, um, make sure that they're going to listen and handle like they should. And that's a great way to revisit what their previous training goals were when they were here before. So that has been a huge organization tool for us. Um, it's monday.com if you guys are interested. The great thing about it is you can add extra team members. I can access it anywhere that I've got the app or a computer. So if I need to look something up while I'm on the road or not out in the kennel, I can. And then the girls can update the notes in the field even if they are updating notes or um, in the let out pen if they need to update a note about a dog. Um, So that's really valuable organizational software that we've been using for the last few years now. Um, And it's, it's made things pretty smooth.
0: A hundred percent. Now we've talked a fair amount about some of the struggles and different things that we had and how amazing it was to have each other. And though we did have some arguments and different things like that, um, you know, really couldn't have done, don't feel like we could have done what we did without having the two of us to be able to do it. You know, I said, hats off to the guys, the one man shows, because they do literally do everything themselves. And, uh, it's a lot, a lot, you know, it was a lot to split it. Um, a lot more to do it all yourself. So, um, the other side of it though, is working side by side, partnering with your spouse is very difficult, um, and difficult in a lot of different situations at a lot of different times. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, I believe and uh, you may get different answers from my actual employees, but I'm a pretty fair guy to work for. Um, have realistic expectations and then make a note and make a point of telling you when you did a good job and telling you when you don't do a good job. It's um, And when the person that you have to maybe say something to happens to also be your spouse, Um, there's no real separation from that. Right. So even if it's a difficult conversation and I say, all right, so this isn't going well and that was bad and we cannot have this anymore because whatever, right. Um, I get to say, I'll see you tomorrow, you know, and then you get some time of separation and you come back and you get to think
1: about it and go. That both, was valid. Yeah,
0: both sides get to think about it and there's some there is a true level of hierarchy where you say, "Okay, I get it. This is the way that the boss wants it done." Well, when you're equals and you have differences of opinions on occasion with things, uh it isn't easy. You go, "Okay, well, now now I get to go eat dinner with you and we don't agree on this or okay, now it's time to go to bed and
1: Or you just take the, Still not talking. the constructive criticism, <laughs> the, you know, critique of the training session, you take it more personally because, yes. I mean, obviously we have a different level and depth of relationship than um, most people do with their employees or whatnot. And so. A little bit. So when he yep. says, why did you, why didn't you push the button then? Or why did you push the button then? I take it at its immediate critique and an immediate like questioning why I did that, and I'm like, well, I did it because of this. He goes, well, I was just wondering if you had a reason for why you did it. Ethan, See, a, Ethan is some.
0: Yeah. Go ahead, yeah.
1: Ethan is really good at that. Um, it's part of teaching. Um, he makes you train with intent. You, he asks you questions about why you did what you did or what you're moving towards and why you're moving towards that goal so that you're actually critically thinking about it, problem solving the entire time so that you're not just following a you know step by step. Well, we did this yesterday, so we're doing this tomorrow and all the dogs are out doing bird launcher courses. So we're all doing bird launcher courses, even if that's not what the dog needs. So it allows you to think about it critically. Um, and sometimes that can come off as Criticism. Yeah. yeah. Criticism
0: or being critical of what, in fact, you are doing. And Jess
1: actually mentioned that in the podcast, and she thought that was a really good thing is that you make her think and why am I doing what I'm doing, which has made her a better dog trainer. So
0: it's the way that I do feel like I'm a pretty straightforward person on a regular basis. You know, I mean, it's, um, I say what I mean most of the time. there's very little hidden, but it does come out as straightforward, right? I mean, that's that's me. and um, But I do believe from a teaching standpoint, I mean, I didn't go to school to do it or anything else. And I think it's more just the way that my brain works in the way that I learn, maybe. So that's the way I kind of like force on other people to attempt to learn. And I don't want you to blindly be... Stum, you know, like just going through the motions. I want you to do things with true purpose, you know, like.
1: It, oh, it just sometimes feels like it's a trick question or he's trying to trick yeah, you. And yeah. it's and like, it's what's the question? What's the answer he's looking for? What should I say? Exactly. Well.
0: It, the, and the fact that you have to go, what's the answer he's looking for? means you don't have enough true confidence and I cast a shadow, okay? I know this, and I don't do it intentionally, but-
1: Oh um, yeah, I know when I was doing some of the more advanced training sessions and I'd be out there without you, I'm pushing the button, my timing's great, all the things are going well, Ethan comes out, I fat finger the buttons, I don't push the button, I stand there and freeze, and he looks at me, and he's like, or I look at him and I'm like, he's like, what were you supposed to be doing? And I'm like, pushing the button, I'm sorry. And so- um. You yeah, do. Usually, you are I a say something,
0: usually I say something like, why are you looking at me? Like, you know, you screwed up and you turn and look at me like, well, why
1: are you looking
0: at me? You know, you did it wrong. Just handle the damn dog. You know what I mean? It's like, it is what it is. But it, it, the, the keys in dog training, and this is why I, I feel this way. I mean, the, the key points in, in dog training is you have to be um, intentional about what you're doing. You have to be honest about what you saw, what you didn't see, what the dog did, what the dog didn't do, and you have to have a plan. I mean, you need to be, you need to know where you want to go, and you need to have a specific reason of why you want to do those things, whether it's right or wrong, okay? But just going through the motions, you're never going to get there. So it's, it's one of those things that I do. I ask questions all the time. And I still, and Jess is getting really, really good at it. I mean, she's been here for years and I still do it to this day. She wanted me to walk along with something and I'm like, uh, so what about this? And she's like, well, this is what we specifically, you know, and she has enough confidence now for years of drilling her that way. And I say drilling, but it's not drilling. It's just, I, I legitimately want to know what your process was. And if you don't have a process, then we need to stop. And, and come up with an idea of a direction that we're going to be taking this. Otherwise, we're just stumbling through it, right? You know, I mean, it's, um, it's very important. And I have upset a lot, not a lot, a few people in our Patreon learning community because I do this. And they refer to it as patronizing or something. You know, I'm like, so why are you doing this? I want you to be able to say, Because you told me to, or because this is the specific things that I was seeing with the dog. And I felt like that's what I needed to do to move forward. And then I can say, okay, I see your thought process, but I feel like this is going to be a better option. And that's the way that I typically almost always respond. But if you don't ever get into the habit of thinking
1: thinking about why you're doing what you're doing,
0: then then you always have that situation where you aren't necessarily thinking and um, you kind of spin your wheels or you make mistakes or you aren't set up or prepared or ready for what could go wrong. So. And I do think
1: that that, I do think like with written communication, it's more difficult than verbal communication. I hate written communication. Things in text messages messages and emails.
0: emails. Just pick up the phone. I want to talk to you so that I I can explain this. Yeah.
1: Because it just, it can be misunderstood or tone mm-hmm. can be um, assumed when, you know, there was no tone to to be assumed about. Okay.
0: How did we get to this? It was specifically working with your your partner and just yeah, being
1: critical. Yeah, and being critical and questioning and that, that struggles. I remember a specific time where I was prepping for the invitational with Nick's for the double mark. And this is back when we were in Norton, Still, again, <laughs> you know, lacking some help as uh-huh. well as, you know, n- didn't have all the equipment everybody has. So Ethan was my duck thrower. He was my my winger. Yeah. And he was doing a piss poor job of winging these ducks where they needed to go.
0: I had a I'm on the side of this hill and this little we had access to like one pond. And um, am on this is a steep bank. It's like the dam side, side, basically. It was, but it wasn't the actual dam. It was just a a steeper cut bank or whatever you want to call it coming down into this pond. And so I'm on the side of this pond and there's trees everywhere and I've got this like little window to shoot. I've got to wing my duck without falling down the hill through that specific hole, but it's got to be enough out and up to get some arch so that it actually lands in the pond because if I... I make it through the hole, but I don't have enough umph. It lands on the bank, and if I don't make it through the hole, then there's not enough arc, so you can't actually see what's happening. <sighs> I'm not a professional duck winger. Okay,
1: and there were some, there were some choice words spoken.
0: Uh, yeah to say the least.
1: Well, I'm I'm there's a little bit of stress cuz this is a high a level of testing. A little bit of, of Scottish
0: Irish attitude in there too. temper. Up. I have mm-hmm. a temper.
1: Um but I'm prepping for an invitational that I've never run at before. I'm anxious. Um The sword it's comes out. Coming. It, you know, my window to train is getting shorter and shorter. Stress. Stress. Mm-hmm. And Ethan is trying very hard to help and be accommodating, you know, and when you're prepping and training, you need more than uh, one or two people because, oh, yeah, you need your distraction gunner and you need a winger. If we had a winger, we'd only maybe still need two people. But so we had. Wingers
0: are expensive. They are. We were talking about the, the expense category. Mm
1: hmm. Keep your expenses low. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Charles and Annie were actually there. And so they were helping. Charles was distraction gunning. I think Annie was videoing. These
0: arms are looking like and we actually, when we're talking about expenses.
1: <laughs> exactly. We actually have a video of this, so it will live in my heart forever as well as on video forever. Um, but this duck does not come out like it's supposed to. And we've already been struggling a little bit to get Nick's to make some of these marks. Um, because didn't train 100% the way maybe it needed to be trained for, learning, right? And I'm like, well, that's blank and perfect. (laughs) And I do, you know, obviously still love him even if he screwed that up for me, but at least it wasn't at the actual Invitational, right?
0: Yeah, they've got me on the side of a hill at (laughs) the Invitational trying to throw ducks through a keyhole.
1: But it's so funny because then in reverse, We're out doing marking drills now here for Thunder. Was it Thunder with bumpers? (laughs) I'm very pregnant by the way. Not very pregnant, but I'm pregnant. And I'm trying to throw these bumpers in a consistent manner. I'm freaking terrible at it. Bird techs or bumper techs are very important and I would not pass that certification because I've messed up a lot. Like, how can you throw a bumper behind you? Well, I don't know, but I can do it.
0: Yes, you can.
1: I'm pretty sure most of the girls here that have tried to be your bumper tech can do that as well.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um,
1: The rope and the bumper, and it gets this like momentum swinginess, and then it's like, whoop, that's not where I meant to throw it.
0: We had somebody out here the other day, and I was like, All right, so come along with me. So I'm going to show you kind of what this looks like from the thrower side because it's almost as important, if not more important than the handler itself. And we're out there and um, I'm like, so first and foremost, uh, you got to have patience in this category because most likely it's going to be your girlfriend or your wife or something that's going to be out here helping you. And the first throw is going to look like this. And I go and throw it and it goes straight up and then lands behind us. And I say, in that situation, you say, that's okay, honey, just throw it again. And then she's going to go over and pick it up and then she's going to throw another one and it's going to go like this and then throw it and it's like two foot off the ground and it just crumples in. So there's like no arc so the dog can't even see anything or anything else. I said, and so the next thing that you need to be prepared to say is, that's okay, honey, just throw another one. And then uh, and then they'll throw one and it'll look something more like this. And then you'll be like, that's good enough. Perfect, good good enough.
1: yeah. So, uh. there are some, you know, definite trials and tribulations um, working with your spouse. And the important thing is to keep communicating and.
0: We got uh, a fun. I got a fun.
1: And be understanding because, yes. you know, the other side of it is so I can't throw a bumper to save my life. Obviously, Ethan can't throw a duck through a keyhole to save his life. <laughs> but um, there's other things, you know, I. Get Our up kids s- have
0: no chances at uh, patience.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, or can, patience. Or patience. I can mm-hmm. already see Aiden being like impatient I'm a about a Fairly things.
0: patient person. I mean, realistic. I'm. If if you were to put you your patience and my patience on a patience scale, my patience is winning.
1: Your patience is winning.
0: Nine times out of ten.
1: Touche. Um, Because that's exactly what I went for when I was like, yeah, their patience is going to be terrible. Mm. Um, But communication and understanding, because as many times as he messes up something, I also mess up something. And, you know, what's important to me and what I'm really good at keeping track of, like the organization stuff and putting things on the calendar. He's also really good at recognizing things that need to get taken care of and scheduled that I may not have in my big picture. So we just have to be understanding with each other that we are both trying to benefit the business. Um we are we have our priorities. Um sometimes we need to come together and have shared priorities. I think that's probably the thing now that's becoming more of an issue than before, you know, it was like well we yeah, and we did the everything together. We only had
0: one one focus. We one. and
1: we did everything together. And yeah. now we've been able to, you know, come apart a little bit where, you know, you head off in this direction and take care of these things, I head off in this direction and Becoming take care of the these.
0: Coming the next uh, pigeon racing master.
1: Yeah, that. And then it's times where we're like we you have your priorities, I have my priorities, but right now we need to focus on these what what's the word I'm looking for? Joint priorities i guess joints we need to you know you can't create a podcast like this or a video without the two of us in the same room at the same time
0: hundred percent here's a fun uh, uh here's a fun cat story so this is in the beginning of
1: we're telling stories on me now
0: just just one four <laughs> maybe yeah.
1: so uh this is in
0: in the beginning stages and um. I had Kat's doing a good job training dogs and knows enough and um kind of moving between the the transition period between beginning stages of dog development and then more advanced stages of dog development and when you make that transition in the beginning with young dogs there's a lot of development there's a lot of encouragement there's a lot of reminders there's a lot of um, gentle
1: Babysitting steps.
0: Babysitting steps. It's like, oh, uh, let's try that again, buddy. Uh, Let's try that again, buddy. Excuse me. Then when you move to the advanced stages, you're you're moving into a stage where they have to perform at a very high level. Um, we're talking about like utility steadiness or master level, master hunter, AKC hunt test level steadiness, or even prepping for the imitational aspect of things. So um, they have to stand steady to wingshot and fall and handle every bird that way. And they have to back and they have to do all of these things, but they can't wear an e-collar and you, you know, it's, it's drastically more difficult. So we've got, she's prepping Nix and Nix is known, um, you know, he has a self-fulfilling prophecy of a name and lived up to it. Nothing but trouble. And so he's out there testing boundaries, right? And Mom is having trouble um, moving from that encouraging and helping develop stage into the um, little bit firmer expectation stage. And what I mean by that is, when we move to this advanced level, we kind of have to change handling. So in the beginning, we utilize e collars a fair amount, and we remind and communicate and
1: borderline nag. Yeah, you're using positive reinforcement-based training, or and, negative reinforcement-based training. Then negative so the, reinforcement, You're yep. using the reinforcement-based training in these developing, teaching, conditioning.
0: Correct. So, if we're going to ask for the dog to come back, the collar is going to turn on immediately, and it's that instant reminder of here's the collar, here's the thing. Well. How do you get past that to the point of the dog not needing a collar? This is a super common question that folks have. Like, when do I get away from using the collar? Well, we we aren't going to get away from the dog needing some form of reminder or correction at some point in time, or at least we're not going to get away from you needing to be able to reinforce what you're asking. That's the key, okay? So if you move into that stage of, we're going to reinforce what we're asking at this test where I can't use an e collar. Um, you have to use something different, right? Okay, so um, we switch the process of the collar usage into it becoming positive punishment. Now, that sounds a bit like an oxymoron, right? Why are we going to do something positive and it be punishment? Well, think of it more like a math equation, right? So addition, subtraction, positive being adding to the situation a correction to be punishment. That's e collar still. But when you make that adjustment, you have to say the timing of everything changes. So we ask for the behavior. If we don't get the response, then the collar comes after. And the dogs learn to avoid the collar completely by complying the first time you ask. But you have to be consistent. And the pressure that comes as the form of punishment has to be a little bit more. It can't be just vibrant. It vibrate. has to mean something has to mean something, something that the dog would want to avoid. Now, granted, we use the lowest level of stimulation necessary for any situation, but when we move into this, that level goes up a little bit. It's got to be like, oh, wow, okay, I'm sorry, I get it. When you call, I need to listen. Now, I explained some of these things, and they fell a bit on deaf ears of, I, I know... I know better than you or whatever it was, or just, I, I'm going to do what I want because you're my husband and I'm not listening to you right now.
1: I think that was what it was. Yeah,
0: probably. So anyhow, I switched stuff up on her and DT Systems has two colors. They have uh, no, they're more than two colors, but they have a series. It's the 1800, okay? So the 1820 transmitter and the 1850 transmitter look exactly the same. Difference being the 1850 Transmitter. The vibrate button on the eighteen twenty is the same as the beeper button on the eighteen fifty. So you hit the vibrate button, it goes beep 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 out in the field. Which is uh, it was kind of kind of funny because we didn't. She's like, I'm not using vibrate. Well, we didn't make it thirty seconds into the run where she goes
1: tweet tweet next, and beep 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 beep.
0: There goes the vibrate that we were using. So. Kind of a fun one that uh,
1: you uh, caught me. Yeah, I got you. I got you good. Yes, but it did. It worked. uh, It worked, but also that first dog taught me a lot that I should have listened to my husband. He it's had, interesting. He had no, some and, really important um, things to say that I tuned out or in one ear out the other or I know better or oh that's that's only for this other dog it doesn't work for this dog. Yeah. And oh okay right you yeah and then I, I get I've to there, running him myself yeah. and go Oh I should listen to Ethan cuz that's, that's, that's why, why he was telling me that. He said that right. And
0: um I would say that I don't see so this is a Fun, kind of a funny story that took way too long. I'm sorry for that, but um, all, all to back up the fact that uh, the struggle of working with spouse, like there isn't an employee that would come and be a trainer and want to be learning and want to do those things and then tune you out. Right. I mean, that wouldn't be a thing. This is a, a spouse thing and just a communication aspect of things. It's like, eh, sure. Ethan, And And it's a different
1: level of relationship and respect, if you will, because also your employees aren't going to necessarily um, give you attitude back.
0: Yeah, mama's got attitude sometimes.
1: (laughs) Sure, we all do, especially because we're super comfortable with each other. Uh, We've, like Ethan said, been married for almost 14 years. Um, We have seen a lot together, and, you know, I, I. get frustrated, stressed, grumpy, have an off day, and take it out on him and vice versa. And that's because I feel like that happens a lot, whether you work with your spouse or not. Um, If you have a bad day and you're stressed and things aren't going great, it sometimes is the people that are closest to you that gets the fallout from that. You know, you don't typically yell at your boss at work, um, or you may not have that job for much longer. So what do you do? You yell at your husband at home. it just so happens that we work together. So we're yelling at each other because our spouses are working together, but, and we don't fight or have arguments all that often. Um, usually,
0: but when we do, God dang it, they are about nothing.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. Um, we just have to walk away and come back and go, that was about nothing moving on. Uh, but also from a standpoint of working with you as my spouse, um, you're the, person that can help me work through things. So if I'm struggling with something, I can say, hey, I need your set of eyes on this. Let's work through this or vice versa. If, if I see you struggling with something, I say, have you tried this? And it's not that we don't both have the same bag of tricks, but sometimes you get so wrapped up in the moment or you think you've tried something or you think you know that this dog won't do it another way. And it just takes a second set of eyes to say, what about this?
0: 100 percent. And um, I think from the beginning, I realized or recognized that a team of people working with dogs is going to be drastically more powerful than any indivi- more powerful, excuse me, than any individual. And as we've grown our team, um, it only proves to be truer and truer. you know, having the ability to have five or six people um, working with an individual dog all that understand the same things and move toward the same goals, you know, it teaches that dog a truer or better understanding of the individual behaviors, how to listen, how to, how to, you know, generalize this listening process to lots of different people. And um, at the same time, you run into problems where there are a clash of personality or a clash of you know, sometimes there's a, a part of training that's not as much fun for the dog and dogs can hold grudges depending on their personality and they can be like, well, that's the guy that's not any fun. And then you can bring in a fresh individual that says, well, I'm the fun one and I can apply the same rules that you just learned, but you like me because I wasn't there during the less fun portion. So, um, and that allows you to bridge gaps where you would normally be like stuck in a rut where you're trying to regain some ground with a dog that's maybe trying to hold a grudge. And a lot of times they're over nothing. I mean, and it's uh, pretty simple stuff that in a day or two of switching handlers or, you know, making the switch completely, hey, this is yours now. I got through the tough stuff, Uh, take it home. And it's having that team and um, like we've always had is uh, it's very, very important
1: agreed. Um, something else too, as a spouse that um I think we don't mention or talk about enough is that I am his number one fan, his number one cheerleader, if you will, like every time something awesome happens, I am excited to share that with him, um, from our business standpoint, to opportunities that we have gotten through the business. Um, the growth, the milestones, you know, we're approaching 50,000 followers on Instagram and we're excited for how are we going to celebrate that, you know, and making those future plans. And I couldn't imagine doing that with anyone else other than my spouse, my best friend and my my partner, that we get to talk about the future. And it's such an uh, all-encompassing feeling because it's not just the business, it's our lives Um, we do put a lot of our time, effort, and energy into this business. And, um, now that we've got kids, that thing that adds to that, um, you know, the boys like to be involved. They like to see the dogs, play with the puppies. Um, but it's also a balance of, you know, we can only do so much business related stuff, then it's family time and carving that time out with the kids is important. Um, because we both recognize that it's really hard after 10 years of doing this for ourselves, and the way that we're doing it to shut it off, and we've become so conditioned and ingrained that um, it's hard to just sit around on a Sunday and you know go fishing and uh, read books and build hotels and uh, what else did we do today with with the boys?
0: Oh, all kinds of things. Ate?
1: But- oh my goodness, those boys ate so much food today. It was like breakfast, second breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, pre-dinner snack, dinner. After dinner, snack. I was like, holy cow, you guys eat so much. And you're only, well, Kate just turned one and Aiden's three and a half. I can't even imagine when they're teenagers. They're going to literally eat us out of house and home. But, you know.
0: stock up in ramen noodles.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be crazy. Um, But that's important is to make the time for the family that we have worked so hard to have time to do. But it's um, a mental block sometimes to get through and say, well, we can just sit here and do nothing, even if that nothing is family time. Yeah. And
0: um, it is like shutting and off and work hours and things. I mean, because we are here working and it's, you don't look at days, weekends is like, oh, this is my weekend. I just look at it as. Another day. It's another day. And today was one of those days that was tough because I had a lot of, had a lot of things rolling and ideas. And for whatever reason, it was just one, I was like, we need to do this and we should do this. And it's like, we can't today. We, we just can't today. And we don't have, we've got the distractions, which I don't, I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just like, you can't, we can't have the boys running around while we're trying to shoot a video of something. You know, it's, it's a distraction to the dogs. It's a distraction situation and, and they're not being watched or Whatever. Getting you know, it's the attention
1: to be, that they need too. Yeah,
0: they, what they need, 100%. So it's like, ah, uh, tomorrow. We'll try tomorrow
1: to yep. do this. But it happens. You get in a, a workflow where you're like, oh, I just want to, I want to go do a podcast or I want to shoot this video. And it's like, eh, we'll do the podcast after the boys go to bed. And then, you know, tomorrow's a Monday. So let's cram everything into Monday that we possibly can. And I'm sure that we'll fall short of meeting those goals Um, but we do, we try and set weekly goals, um, for, you know, what content we want to create, what training needs to get done, um, any specific other goals that we have to meet. And,
0: uh, well this, a majority of these new things that we're trying to do require a creative portion of the brain. And I would say that I'm not an overly creative person, so it requires me to be in the right mindset to do it. And I don't know that that's abnormal for creatives. Like I. The more that I'm in and trying to learn about this aspect of things, you see um, like how to get past writer's block, you know, and that aspect of things exists for everyone. And when you get in those essentially flow states, um, you want to take advantage of that and you can't always. So.
1: Right. And anytime that you've got a distraction or, you know, an interruption to that workflow or that content creation flow, um, it's hard to regenerate it and get it up and running again. So yeah, it's, it's very tempting to try and find a way to take care of it or take
0: advantage, advantage
1: of, it. of it anytime that it happens. But it is a part of that work life balance and managing um, not only a business, but a family and making sure that neither of those things are getting neglected. Um, and after 10 years of being in business together, maybe in the next 10 years, we'll figure out what that perfect uh, work-life balance is because we're working on it. But it's, it's hard to take 10 years of conditioning that every time your phone rings or a notification pops up, that you have to get back to it immediately. Um, and I, then what also happens is I get a notification. And I'm like, I need to get back to that. And then it's a Sunday and then Monday starts and it's a crazy day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't get back to that. And it's now, you know, Tuesday morning. And so I know that myself feel guilty about not getting back to somebody, you know, within 24 hours of when they've reached out to us. So sometimes a couple of those things slip through the cracks and I always try and apologize um, and get back to people as quickly as possible. 100%. Anything else that you want to mention about working with your spouse?
0: I absolutely love it.
1: (laughs) People can't see you making weird faces on the podcast. Only if they're
0: watching. If you didn't know, you can also find these on uh, Standing Stone Podcasts, the YouTube channel.
1: Yeah. So I'm excited for this new Standing Stone Podcast. What it's going to be about with you having your own people to interview me, having people to interview us talking and having these conversations with each other some more. Um, I'm definitely better at it than Ethan, but (laughs) 100% (laughs)
0: we'll
1: see about that. Uh, but it is fun and it's been a new experience for me recently to kind of take charge of conversations and, reaching out for content with people that I may not have been as confident to do in the past. So I definitely know that I'm continuing to grow even 10 years into this. Um, You know, I like that creative side of things. I feel like I have that creative part of my brain where I like to write articles. I like to share knowledge, um, that teaching side of things that I really enjoy. So it's nice to be able to get some time carved out and divide and conquer some of those uh, tasks that are on our list a little bit more for me to move in that direction and you to move in a different one, so.
0: And in a true Midwestern fashion, well, thanks, Joe. Uh, thanks, folks, for joining us. I think this is all we've got time for today. I'm the guy with the pink gun.
1: I'm Cat, the dog trainer.
0: We will see you or allow you to listen to us in the next piece of stuff that comes out from us.
1: (laughs) That was a terrible outro, but good job.